Less than a week after the season came to a close with a playoff loss for the Dort Defender football team, we sit down and visit with Coach Joel Penner as the defenders. We put the end, uh, finish on uh, a 12-game schedule and ran into some players in the training room yesterday, and I said, how you feeling? And they said, well, those extra two games do catch up with you, and uh, they would have loved to have been playing another game this weekend, the coaches as well, but it feels like some of the players at least beginning to turn the page and thinking about next year. Where's the coaching staff at coach? Uh, have you, are, are you in the process of turning the page? Will you get there? What does that look like for a coach and coaching staff at the conclusion of a year? Mike, the, the, the uh, fantasy of having a downtime um, after the season, it's not realistic for a college football coach because the recruiting calendar demands your, your full devotion um, towards the end of a season and immediately after your season. Uh, we also felt like because of our extended season, we were a little bit behind on recruiting. And so we've jumped right into that full fully. Um, did give the coaches Monday off, um, but uh, kind of set the expectation that we're going we're gonna to get to Christmas break before we really feel like we, we can catch our breath. What is it about the recruiting, and we'll get back to the season in a little bit, but recruiting now at the forefront, what is it with football and and recruiting at the NAI level, there's some trickle down, there's some bounce back, there's some things like that that we acknowledge. What does it look like? I know the other sports, you try to identify people at a relatively young age, you try to maybe get some early commitments. Football, it seems, is a little different animal. You you have to see what they do in their senior season to really have a good idea of where they're at. Am I reading that correctly? Well, you're not you're not far off, Mike. We we really target, um, you know, the 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 recruiting class uh, spring of junior year. Um, obviously, we know about local kids well before that. But uh, when it when it if you're speaking generally about a recruiting class, it's the spring of their junior year. And then it's summer camp evaluation is our primary tool. And we host, you know, four or five on-campus prospect camps. And that's where 60 to 80% of our signing class will, will come from is the guys that came and spent time with us and got to see the culture here and get to know what Dort's all about. Um, and then we got to see them in person and, you know, um, evaluate them more than just their highlight video. And, um, I would say that we are not um, doing it the way most NAI programs do. I think a lot of NAI programs get to Christmas. They think about January and February as their busy season in recruiting. And really what they're doing is they're waiting for the higher level, uh, you know, the, the, the bubbles to burst a little bit and, and these kids to fall down to, to our level. And I guess we just don't look at our our school as a – uh, a place to fall back on when your dreams are crushed. You know, uh, I've never looked at Dort that way. I think I think Dort is a dream school to go to, and so we we go out and we find kids that want this kind of environment. We identify them in the spring. We get to know them all summer. We build relationships throughout the season, and then most of our class makes their decision. You know, between now and Christmas, and we'll have some. We'll have some after the New Year. But uh, I just think that I think that the way that we do things uh, as a university and as a football program, we identify our kind of guys 
earlier than most other of our competitors. What are we looking or what are we? What are you looking for in this class? I mean, you always identify needs. Uh, you, you have the year to evaluate and look at people. What are you looking for as a, as a coaching staff for this recruiting class? What's the overarching theme or themes? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it changes all that much year to year because we're not in a spot where we're always looking for uh, freshmen to play. I mean, it's going to happen here or there. But we, we are always looking around the corner. And when you look around the corner, I mean, we have a very balanced roster right now, Mike. We have healthy numbers. We retain really well. Uh, we have a vibrant JV program. And so we're not saying, oh, we're desperate for this position. I think what we're learning as we go through this is we, we probably have one of the deepest and, and most solid rosters in the conference, if not the. And it's hard to measure that uh, where we need to have – uh, more potency, I think, is at the offensive skill position. We have to be faster. We have to be older. Um, we were very young uh, at the offensive skill this year. Um, I think we've, I think we've secured the best offense and defensive line classes over the last couple of years uh, amongst our competitors, and I think that shows up on Saturdays. We we're a big, strong, physical in the box program. Um, we, we're probably not as fast. Uh, with guys that touch the ball as we want to be. And we need to develop that within our own roster, and then we also need to target that in recruiting. Let's talk about this year. Um, you came in with, I don't know if expectations are right, but you, you have thoughts about how the season could go. When you look back at the twists and turns and the, the, the path that the season took, did you end up in the spot where you thought, okay, this – this is where the program is. Was this past year a fair evaluation of where the program is at as you look back on it? Yeah, here's how I went into this thing, Mike. We, we probably talked about it in, in some some meetings in the, in the summer, but we've been a seven or eight win program for five straight years, and uh, we're, we're proud of that growth. We're proud of the progress. Uh, we've worked really hard to go from the last place GPAC team to a consistent third place team. Um, but we were also uh, working very hard to break through that third place spot, you know, to, to be a postseason team, to, to get a playoff win, uh, to, to win one of the big games in our league against two opponents that we had never beaten. Um, I, I suppose as I have time to reflect, I'm going to become more and more grateful um, for the, the progress that we made. Of course, right now I'm in the moment and I'm thinking about the six inches we failed to get to, to beat Northwestern and advance to the quarterfinals. Um, but as I, as I take a, a little bit of a more 10,000-foot uh, level view of our season, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the, of the progress. We, uh, we didn't finish third this year. We finally finished second. Uh, we achieved our first-ever top-five win in our program. Uh, we've been so close, as you know, uh, in, in our Morningside uh, battles over the years. Uh, and we found a way to be clutch in the moment in the fourth and put a 14-play drive together and score with 30 seconds left and finally get over that hump. Um, that's a big deal. We had the opportunity to host our first ever playoff game on campus. We had the opportunity to win our first playoff game. Um, and then we fell six inches short um, you know, in, in conference, in a 
in a uh, second round playoff game. And so, man, that that's progress to me. And I'm really proud of the team. I'm proud of our coaches. Um, I would definitively say, Mike, that the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to go from bottom of the conference to third in the conference, that's legitimate. But the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to go from third to second and second to first is harder, more taxing, uh, and uh, more elusive. And and we, we made that step this year. So really proud of the team for what they were able to accomplish and overcome this year. Where are we at in terms of uh, who do you know that won't be back? I mean, that they're done in terms of players that we have seen on the field consistently on Saturdays. Who who will not be back next year? Who do we know? Yeah, that's a good good way to frame it because there's a couple of our seniors who, who are on the fence, and I've told them, you don't have to make a decision right now. Like, talk it over with your family. Pray about it. Look at your academics. See what your goals are. Um, you know, you have job offers. Is this the job offer you want, or do you want to give it some time? You know, we have a couple of guys in that camp, but in terms of starters, the guys that you're you're used to hearing their names and seeing them, uh, you know, I'll start on defense. Jessup, Lakey, yep. Lakey is he's used his he's, five years. He's used his five, and uh, boy, we'd all love to see him again. <laughs> but Jessup's ready to go. It's and time. Yeah, he's ready to enter the workforce and. Um, Man alive, I, we're going to miss him. But, uh, you know, when, when he leaves our program here, you're just – you know that uh, all of the years he spent with us uh, were huge growth years. And uh, the man that he is now, I'm just so proud of him. We'll miss him a ton. Um, he is thinking about getting into coaching, so sure. stay tuned on that one. Um, but uh, Jessup's eligibility is done, and uh, he was just a huge force for us on the D-line. You know, people don't know this, but – he came in. He was an offensive lineman mm-hmm. in high school, and um, uh, we had to kind of see his future. And um, he's just, I think, one of the all-time greats on the D line at Dort, and even in the conference. Um, similarly, Sam Andrews, uh, de- defensive lineman. People don't know this either. Sam was a linebacker in high school, mm-hmm. and to to make the move from being a Mike linebacker to playing nose guard. Uh, well, let's just say a lot of guys, that's not their dream right. to, to move down. But uh, Sam is your prototypical tough guy, A-gap defender, and uh, he's just given so much to this program. He's going to be done, and uh, he's got a bright future in strength and conditioning. And, uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit for Sam. Um, those two guys uh, on defense are the for sures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, offensively, Eli Bolden, yep. wide receiver, used his his fifth year. Yep. Uh, this time last year, we said goodbye to Eli. Right. We thought he was done, but uh, he had an opportunity to to take a job here in town um, in, at a chiropractic office and uh, do some physical therapy as he prepares to potentially enter PT school. And um, and so it was a good good situation for him to pursue a job he really wanted, uh, bolster his resume and play one more year. Uh, but his fifth year is done. And then Matt Lawson is a center. Yep. And Matt uh, just just was an, uh, an awesome anchor on our O-line, great leader in our program, uh, servant, servant leader. Um, Matt will be graduating in May and, and uh, heading into grad school, and, and so we're wishing him well. Um, that's it. I mean, we have other players, but you asked for, you know, the guys that are regular, we know. Yep. regular starters, 
guys you're used to. Um, we, we had a large senior class, um, but the guys who are exiting the program due to graduation, those are the, the, the starters that, that we'll uh, say goodbye to. I'm going to ask a question in terms of, and you talked about the, okay, the jump from bottom of the conference to third and the, the work involved there, and then from third to second or second to first or third to first. Who do you lean on in terms of seeking information? I mean, the, these things don't happen in a vacuum, and there are no original ideas. Uh, you, you tap into people's knowledge and wisdom and experiences. Who do you go to? I mean, when, you, when you're looking for the advice on, okay, we've done this for five years, we're here, how do, we, how do, you, move, how do you keep moving forward? How do you keep reforming, if you will? Mm-hmm. Who, who do you go to? What do you look for? No, that's a really great question because my background, Mike, is I've, I've been a part at the, at the schools I've worked at. Most of my experiences are how do, you, how do you take a losing program to a competent program? And I feel like that's been my upbringing as a coach. Um, you know, my, my college years, I won eight games as a player in four seasons. That's not good. Uh, but then I got to see that program – in the next four years, when I coached, we won 30 games in four years. And so um, that was huge in my development. Um, you know, my next stop was at a Division three school, and we were last in the conference. And I got to see that to a conference championship. Um, you know, um, I've, I've, been, I've been at championship caliber programs. I've been, I've been 0-10 as a coach. Um, but I think I think my specialty was how do you not stink? You know, how do you go from uh, really not performing well? How do you build a program? How do you establish the culture? How do you create vision for the future? How do you, how do you instill purpose and values in your program that transcends scoreboards? Like that's been that's been my niche, my background. I needed to go out and find mentors who, yes, had the same passion for. The, the more important aspects of of why you coach, you know, let's say the the, the, the transformational aspects, mm-hmm. but who also found a way to win along to be successful, yeah, to persevere yeah. through the monotony of program building and win championships. So I was very intentional. I mean, I just started making calls and networking, and um, I got to know Mel Churchma. Okay, okay, and if folks don't know who that is, he's a Hall of Fame coach, Northwest Missouri State. Uh, formerly coached at Northwestern way back when uh, for Bubs Corver and also was the head coach at Sioux Center High School. Yep. But m- made a made a, a, a national brand for himself and, a, and produced championship-level play at Northwest Missouri State. Um, so I brought him in. He, he came in a couple times to our staff, and we, we were able to put him in front of our team and put him in front of our staff. And, uh, you know, to this day, he and I stay in touch and – we, we talk about things. Um, he's a mentor that I thought did it the right way. Um, and so I've tried to just pick his pocket and learn what I could. Um, the second mentor was Coach Stigelmeyer at SDSU. Um, I looked at his resume and I said, how did he hang on? You know, he had, he had North Dakota State. He had in-state rivals. He had 
recruiting battles. He had under-resourced, uh, you know, situations over at some point in his career. And the guy just kept on fighting and battling. And, you know, he retired as a national champ, uh, and he never lost his way. He stayed true to his purpose as a coach and his faith. And so same way as Coach Churchman, I've spent a lot of time with Coach Stig. I brought him in. He spoke to the team. He's visited with our staff. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's someone I'm in regular contact with. So uh, in the sports world, uh, I spent a lot of time with those guys. I'll mention one more mentor. I wanted somebody who was outside of coaching because I think you can learn a lot from uh, people that are in different fields and apply principles to, to your arena of life. And so uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time with, with Denny Vinzan, hmm. who just retired uh, with a, a really great and long career in corporate leadership uh, with Pella Corporation. Um, and he and I, same way, we just stay in touch. And he, he's a mentor to me, and he's given me a lot of great wisdom. Um, and so I, I saw the, the limitation in my background, in my experience. I went out and found people who had been there, done that, broken through. Um, and, uh, you know, any credit that uh, I might get for the season that we had, I just would, I would, I would want to say that I've, I've stolen ideas. I've, I've had good mentors, and I'll continue to do that. You going to watch football this weekend? Do you do you pay attention at this point? Does it hurt too much? I mean, what? <laughs> I, I, and I I say that in all seriousness yeah. because I sometimes we get. I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I become attached to a team, and when the season ends, it's I I don't want. I don't care at that point. I if you're going to pursue a national championship, fine. I'm but I I've lost interest. Where what what do you do this weekend? I'm going to go cut down a Christmas tree with my kids. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to try to exercise the dog so he doesn't uh, make our house crazy. Um, I, I got to make up for some lost time with the family. Fortunately, my boys love watching football, okay. so I'll get that outlet. But I'm going to watch as a dad. Uh, I'm not going to have my laptop out making notes. Um, I'm not going to study football. I'm going to be a fan of football. Uh, I need to do that, and uh, that's the plan. So. <laughs> You can hold me accountable on that. Coach, uh, it's been quite a ride this year, and it, it, it flew by. I was uh, headed down the interstate, I think, a week or two ago, and I thought, man, it, it wasn't that long ago. We were down at Doan for that season opener, and here we are, done again. I had that reflection because it was 100, 100 plus degrees yeah. that day, and yeah. we had to move it, move it to a night game. And when I was standing out in the snow in, in Orange City last week, I, I told our staff, I said, you know, when this started, it was a hundred degrees and we were, we were sweating and it was, it, it, look how far we've come and where we're at today. And, uh, it's kind of surreal when you, when you think about all that happened. Um, and once I get some time to reflect on it, um, there'll be a lot of fond memories. And I, I just want to say that, uh, I don't know that I've ever been more grateful, um, proud to be a part of defender nation and this great university than when we were standing, um, at Northwestern's field last week and I, I heard our crowd you know I can only dress 57 players I had 70 plus non-dress members of our team uh, doing everything they could to help our team I, we had fans being as loud as I've ever heard uh, our fans be and uh, I'm just really grateful for the energy and the you know we're, we're a part of this defender way movement it's not just 
cliche things. It's not just, you know, writing on a wall. There's something real deep and powerful about the, the, the ethos of defender, uh, the defender way and what's happening at this university. And I think it shows up in a football game, but it's only a microcosm of something bigger. And it's just cool to be a part of all that. It's Coach Joel Penner on our Defender Discussions.